The 5-8, your Friday night hang. We take five of the week's most notable and newsworthy topics and spend eight minutes covering each one. Join me, Greg Oliar, and LB, Stephanie Koff, Friday nights, live, 5 Pacific, 8 Eastern. It's the 5-8. Here's what went down on Friday. Good evening. Welcome to the 5-8, where we discuss five of the week's most fucked up topics for eight minutes each. So, five topics, eight minutes, two hosts, one guest, a little singing, some curse words, and as many cocktails as we deem necessary. LB, you are in a different location. Uh, there's more furniture now. Good. How are you? <laughs> I'm okay. Yeah, I'm. People might recognize this. We're we're uh, at, with my folks this summer. We just arrived. Um, I don't have really any strength left in my everythingness after that epic move. Uh, we did manage to get our whole family, including Aloe the Pitbull, who was a genius on the plane, I got to say, across the country. I, I, I'll send some, I'll post some pics of Aloe literally looking out the window on the airplane. Oh, like she does in the car. It was, she was a dream. She was perfect. Um, and no nails left. I got to go to the, get a manicure. I hope top of next week. But I am here. And we ran out of Manhattans right before we realized, right before the show. We had one the other night. And then, oh, no. Yeah, that's not uh, that's it's not, not ideal. It was not good planning. It was not good planning. But everything else came off perfectly. I think that, you know, yeah. in the in the relative scheme of things, not having the Manhattan ingredients is probably not as important as other things. You mentioned that Aloe got jet lag, which I find fascinating because you did. wouldn't think a dog could get jet lag, but the dog got jet lag. Yeah, yeah. She's a little, her clock was a little off. And, mm-hmm. um, and you know, she, this is a dog we rescued from the streets, the tough streets of LA, from a pit bull fighting pen breeder. They were breeding her and, wow. and she was okay. like a... Uh, a bait dog. And, you know, that's why she's like, we had to have her, the chain, they had a choke chain on her and it had embedded itself in her cause she was just left outside. So this was the first two years of her life. So since we've rescued it, you know, she's, she's gorgeous dog as everyone has seen and she's uh, figured it all out, but she's never been to country. We took her, you know, hiking in Malibu and stuff like that, but this is real country up here. And so uh, she's, I think also all the stimulation, all the information coming into her brain, pitbulls are very smart, very big brains. um, It's just more than she can, you know, she's been taking naps. It's like she's doing an immersion course in Japanese or something and she needs to take little breaks during the day. But we were walking up the meadow this morning, I took her up and this eagle came out of the deer blind and just flew right over us. It was, it's just spectacular, I love. I love it up here. So that's that. I feel like there, there's a symbolic there. There's some kind of symbolism with the eagle flying over you. Yeah, um, that's good. I met Aloe, by the way. I met. Aloe. Yes, you did meet Aloe. You met up with us when yeah, we were. Yeah. yeah, very briefly. We put it on our little on our on our YouTube short. Uh, you know, which I don't still don't know how those things work, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> we were not at the Grand Canyon. We're in my town of yeah. New York, and that's that's where we were. Um. So I had a pretty interesting uh, weekend, I have to say. Okay. Uh, yeah, I went to um, 
you know, I went to DC because I, um, I like going to the nation's capital for the 4th of July. I feel like it's a good thing to do. And I wanted to have front row seats watching Rudy Giuliani get disbarred. So I figured, fuck it. I'm going to go down to DC. And uh, I wanted to have a good time. I was by myself. And so, you know, I brought a little, you know, nose powder just to get the, the just make it a little oh. more exciting. Oh, and I'm on a tour of the White House. And I realized I have the shit in my pocket. What am I going to do? You know, so I just I sort of surreptitiously I leave it there thinking I got away with it. And then what do you know? Uh, you know, it's l- the lead story on every right wing news network and will be till the end of time, apparently. Well, that's that's your place in history. Yeah. yeah. Why you're a national treasure is you find a way <laughs> to just poke at that right wing news cycle. You know, I was, you know, was the Secret Service your dealer? Because it sure seems like they were in a quite an interesting position to just start plopping down bags of cocaine. I no, got- police would never plop down evidence. That's oh, never happened before. Happened? You're, you're, you're insane. They would never. Oh. The Secret Service would never do something like that. Um, no, I got it. I, I, I went to um, a computer store run by a blind man and I bought a laptop and then I opened the laptop up and it showed me where to get the cocaine. It was incredible. incredible. Just amazing. Yeah. Amazing stuff. Yeah. yeah the yeah. lucky you, the greatest things happen to you. I know. Right. Uh, so amazing. So I don't know amazing. What we're going to get to everybody. I mean, it's, it's a lot exploded. So we do have our topics for, yeah, tonight. we have our topics. Um, we have our topics. Yeah. I don't think we can get to all the mayhem, but we'll see. Let's see what we yeah. can. Let's see what we can get done here. Um, I should, I should add that was just a joke. I did not go to DC. I did not, I did not. I I do have a story about the 4th of July and DC and random drugs showing up, but I'll save that for an after hours at some point, not tonight, but at some point. Okay. When I have a cocktail. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. First topic. Dr. Goose. What a great, what a great title that is. What a great title that is. Very, very clever. What the fuck does this mean, LB? Tell us. Okay, so doc for documents, doc for the doc. Okay, this is something that I think we did a show about this over a year ago. We're going to have to find that clip uh, where I had, with a friend, had been doing this deep dive into the Mar-a-Lago footprint, right? That how, how that whole place is laid out, discovering the tunnels. Right before, I think, the search warrant happened. We, I was looking at all this and then boom, search warrant, right? Um, so I can't remember what news sparked it all off. But, you know, one of the things that we discovered was that Donald Trump, and this all this news kept itself to Palm Beach. So the Palm Beach Post, for anybody who doesn't read that, I highly recommend reading the Palm Beach Post. There's some great reporters in there. And then, you know, obviously there's the Miami Times and all that. But it was it stayed very local. It wasn't even in Miami Times. It was in Palm Beach Post. So Donald had been trying for years, for a couple of years, uh, but post-presidency. So I think... I think he might have started around 2015, 2016, if the paperwork, the filing, like we even got into the records of this. But right around 2018 was when he got the approval from his cronies there in Palm Beach to build a dock at Mar-a-Lago. So yachts could come up, submarines could come up, anything can come up into this dock. And it was the locals uh, that caused an uprising. So this sort of approval came through um, in uh, December, 2018. 
auspicious. We'll get to that. Mm. And then uh, in 2019, this sort of struggle with the locals begins, right? This goes on for a year. And I don't know if everybody remembers, but around December 2019, there was a lot of activity down there in Mar-a-Lago. There were Chinese spy ships. There were Russian spy ships. It was just oligarchs everywhere. Mm. Now, this is not new. Uh, In 2009, there were two Russian submarines, A something class, whatever, big wartime class Russian subs that had been going back and forth between Palm Beach area, Miami, but also Palm Beach and Cuba. Right, because the Russians don't have any history with Cuba, so why would they be going to Cuba? (laughs) We all have to remember that, right? Cuba's right there, and it was a Kremlin stronghold forever, right? For a very long time. So that was it. That's that sort of those subs and everything were like 2009. That's when Jeffrey Epstein was there. That's when Ghislaine was there. Like, oh, Ghislaine, the submarine pilot who married the guy that ran the logistics company. That these are just like you know, dots on a timeline, dots on timeline, everybody. Then we flash forward, you know, 10 years later, and there's this epic struggle around Donald wanting a dock while he's president. And no one raised a national security concern around any of this of like, yeah, maybe there shouldn't be a dock right there at the president's fucking residence, right? Private residence, where the Russian warships and submarines and Chinese ships, spy ships have been coming in, not warships, but spy ships have been coming in and out for over a decade and going down to Cuba. Then we're looking at, we discover these tunnels, right? Now, I'll I'll give you a little taste of something. So for those of you that don't know the history of Mar-a-Lago, it was built by uh, a woman named Marjorie Merriweather Post, a Post serial. At one point in time, she was the most wealthy woman in the world, or even person in the world, I think. Um, Her second husband... Uh, but her by de facto, this is why it was like, oh, it's the Southern White House or whatever, was because of this woman, was the first ambassador to the Soviet Union. Hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Very good friends with Stalin um, and uh, did a lot of traveling, a lot of art, a lot of everything. She had the largest private Russian art collection in the world uh, from Tsarist Russia. Uh, you know, the Fabergé eggs, all the artwork, all of that. That was all in Mar-a-Lago. And she's the one who dug out and built the tunnels in the 20s when she built this because she was also friends with a bunch of the bootleggers that I happened to <laughs> study. Okay? So we got these tunnels. They've been there for a long time. They were built by the woman who was the ambassador of the Soviet Union and was good friends with Stalin. Also, the first human being to ever have a private yacht. Um, and all this Russian art treasures were there. And for some reason, um, the Russian states didn't demand them back, which they had tended to do. So this was a good friend. She was a very good friend uh, to the Kremlin, very close. Um, and to the, you know, the White House, she was sort of like in that in-between space during the Cold War as well, the beginning of the Cold War. So I would just sort of push my chips in on the fact that probably the Kremlin had pretty detailed maps of those tunnels for quite a long time. (laughs) And the entire property of Mar-a-Lago, considering they went there with her (laughs) and she was their girl over in her woman over there. Um, 
So that's the backdrop, everybody. Then we have Donald Trump trying to get this yacht, this dock. It all falls apart, and he kind of gives it up because the locals were fighting, and it came down to, in this part you guys might remember, he was going to have to change his tax status and then end up paying a lot of taxes, and that's the thing. He's like, fuck it, it's not worth it, right? But we did have the spy ships, the Russian spy ships, all along those coasts all that time. Did he take documents there before his, his presidency ended? Who knows? But certainly, Waltine knew where to carry the boxes because that's what we found out. Witness number five, Waltine, Nauda, however you say this guy's name, the valet, the butler, the pants steamer, the diaper fixer. This man <laughs> um, it, uh, was carrying, was caught on surveillance. Why do we think we have surveillance in there that might come from our from either us or for our allies, maybe because these are the fucking tunnels that the Kremlin knew about from Marjorie Merriweather Post. And that we've always known about this stuff. So this guy, Waltine, is carrying boxes out, putting them on a boat, right? And they're taken off to what was described now in the unredacted um, uh, search warrant yeah. that finally got unredacted a couple of days ago or yesterday as an unknown destination or unknown location. So unknown to the prosecutors, they don't know where this shit went, where our military secrets went. They don't know. They just know that Waltine carried them out those tunnels. And then I had a final thought on these tunnels and on this dock, right? I think he wanted that dock because he was gonna offload a bunch of shit. I really do. I think his the plan was always to do this, and he just sort of gave it up, and they found a way around. They just did it brazenly, in broad daylight, is what they did with the with the valet with the diaper changer. Yeah. So, remember the kid that got caught because he came up through the tunnels, and they caught him. Yeah. Sure. Right. I don't. We didn't hear a lot about this. We just heard it sort of like the one person who found his way up there. So it's not like the entrance to these tunnels are something that anyone can just sort of know, right? Unless you're, of course, a Russian spy, because they, you know, from the Kremlin, they would know they have the maps. So I'm thinking, I just thought, and this is my final thought on this, I bet he watched them carry those docks out. I bet he watched the activity. I bet that guy was seeing activity and he saw kind of where they were coming in and he followed them in and ended up at the pool. He ended up by the private residence, right? That's where he ended up. Yeah. Doc, Doc Goose, documents. This sounds like. The doc turns out to be a big deal, the doc in these tunnels. And everyone laughed at, at me when I was like, oh my God, tunnels of doc. They're like, oh, please, you're, you know, you're making cartoonish screenplay writer, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, <laughs> yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm sure there's still some Soviet strongholds in Cuba, some little places to like the docks could go where a submarine was parked and off off all of those secrets went. Yep. He's a yeah. spy. Come on. These are acts of espionage, massive acts of espionage. Well, I mean, you know, and people seem like not being able to wrap their mind around this. He invited two Russian spies into the fucking Oval Office and didn't let anyone American in there. That's right. And gave them 
classified information that we found out like a couple days later he did that he we already know this happens it's not like us guessing he fucking did it already we know that he did it and he didn't do it by accident probably did it because it's what he fucking does you know he did it because that's what he does i was gonna say doc doc goose it does sound like an old spielberg movie from the point of view of the kid who who's on the beach and he finds the tunnel and then he goes in and there's all these bad people in the tunnel and he gets embroiled in this mystery thing except in the spielberg movie they would catch trump and he would go to prison or something and yeah it would end happily i'd be i'd be satisfied with a phone home put him on a submarine and ship him back to the kremlin (laughs) just get him out of here or a submersible maybe i don't know or a little tin can submersible built by the whatever guys yeah that's what i'm saying i think that you know that would work for me okay Okay, well, that's my that's my topic. I like that topic. Good, you're coming in strong after your mm. you know cross country mm. move, your cross country move. Um, okay, Phantom Threads. Um, yeah, so we're trying to compile like the list of of like what to talk about this week, and you know, it's all about Elon and the breakdown of Twitter and the the subsequent oh shit, everyone's got to leave uh, migration, um, and I just. Um, yeah, I, I don't like to like blow my own horn too much here, but I'm gonna blow my own horn because I'm not always right. Okay, so uh, here we go. Yeah, I wrote this like like right on the eve of him taking over. Yeah. The question isn't will he sabotage Twitter, but how? Laying off three quarters of the workforce as he said he'd do would be a fine way to start the destruction. Charging for the service would drive away many users and blow up engagement like an exploding Tesla. Replatforming the lights of Trump. Mike Flynn and other noxious disinformation peddlers, trolls, and chaos agents would gin up the rage and scare off more normies. So would amplifying fascist accounts, or to be more accurate, amplifying them more. He could verify bad actors, as the old administration used to do, and take away blue checks from those who don't tow the Muscovite party line. He could tweak the algorithm so we don't see the accounts we want to uh, and are force-fed others. He could sell our data in DM on the dark web or he could simply sack the entire support staff and play his virtual reality fiddle as Twitter burns. So, okay. So that's a, he did all those fucking things. I don't, I don't know about the selling the DMS on the dark web or whatever, but everything else he did. Yeah. He did all of those things. So, um, and that's not even, I'm not even being like, Oh, aren't I like anybody that knew that he was a chaos agent. knew That this was going to happen. This is fucking very, very predictable stuff because the Saudis either gave him money and said, go destroy it, or they thought to themselves, this moron is going to destroy this if we give him the money to buy. Those are the two options that we're working on here, in my opinion. Um, anyway, now there's been this, this vast migration. All of a sudden this week, there's all these things happening where people need to leave Twitter because the rate, whatever, it, 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 Twitter wasn't working over the weekend. It was actually on July 1st, which is when Elon stopped paying the bill to Google. It was also the first day of NBA free agency. So all the sports fans are really, really mad that Twitter oh, was broken that day. I missed um, all this. I missed the Twitter. You missed all you, you didn't miss it. It was it was a stupid, stupid thing. Oh. So anyway, now there's these new alternatives to Twitter, okay, that have sprung up. And uh I just want to comment on them, you know, because we have Mastodon, we all know about Mastodon. You know, Mastodon had its thing. Uh there's post. There's Spoutable, uh, there's Notes, which is run by Substack, uh, there's Blue Sky, which is like Twitter, but run by Jack, uh, uh, what's his name, Dorsey, uh, 
And then um, but you can't get in there. And then there's Threads, which launched this week, which is like the Facebook meta Mark Zuckerberg thing, right? So I, I put together, you guys haven't seen this, and, you know, uh, we're, we're Gen X people. I Hopefully uh, hopefully this will make sense. I have, um, I've attempted to just convey what all these platforms actually look like. And this okay. is what... This is what I came up with. Um, yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, this is obviously from Reality Bites. Uh, yeah, I was going to just do Winona in the middle, choosing between Blue Sky and and, and Threads. Oh, um, this is perfect as post. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right? Because she's kind uh, of, you know, kind of got her shit together a little oh, more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ethan Hawke. There's some more intellect going on there. Yeah. Yeah. Ethan Hawke is Blue Sky. Fantastic. Oh my God, Ben Stiller is. Great. Okay, so I've been on Blue Sky for like three days now. Um, right. And uh, and I like it because it's first of all they're very good about like fuck Nazis. We don't want any Nazis here at all. Okay. Like there, there okay. seems to be kind of a there seems to be kind of a um a real uh, push not from the people in charge. I don't think Jack gives a shit, but towards the people that are using the platform to be like, whoops. I removed you instead of this thing um, to to, uh, you know, keep Nazis out, which I like. Um, there's a lot of uh, LGBTQ on there. It's very trans friendly, which is good. Wow. And most of the content so far is just laughing about how stupid threads is. Um, oh, that's and, fun. And, and then you're on Twitter and you have all this stuff and you're like, OK, I'm going to post this thing. And then you go back four hours later and it's got like two likes. Oh, it. I know. Every, yeah. They really are. He really is turning. I mean, he's he came in to break it. Listen, if you don't post that picture immediately, or at <laughs> least right after this, that thing, even though there's only going to be two likes, we're going to get that to go viral. That that's I posted it on. I posted it on Blue Sky, and I think it has seven likes, which is a very successful that's, post that's, that's, in the context of Blue Sky. But yeah. I want to talk about Threads for a second because I know people are like Threads, yay! So Threads for people unaware is the dumbest name of all of them, in my opinion. Uh, it's run by Zuckerberg and Meta, and um, it links up with Instagram. So if you have a big Instagram account with a lot of followers, which I do not, I don't really use Instagram, it's it's perfect because you just hit a button and then boom, you're, you're threading your thread thread. And you basically authorize Facebook to steal all of your fucking data forever and you can't ever delete it without also deleting your Instagram account. So everyone should know that going in okay. up there. Um, the the scuttlebutt, at least via Blue Sky, is that you know Threads is just a machine of marketing and marketers and brands and influencers that don't influence anything actually, and that nobody actually likes, and that they're trying to avoid any sort of political engagement at all. However, libs of TikTok is already there. Like it's it's oh, so it is Mark Zuckerberg. It's his. It's fucking Mark Zuckerberg. Just Google Mark Zuckerberg before you sign up for this shit. Google Mark Zuckerberg Facebook Myanmar. Let that simmer for a bit. And remember that, you know, I, I don't know. I'm old enough to remember the 2016 thing where he was like, you know, they were micro-targeting Facebook shit and Cambridge Analytica was involved and it cost us the fucking election. This is Zuckerberg. Just because Elon Musk is an evil fucker doesn't mean Mark Zuckerberg is not an evil fucker. Just like it's possible for Paul McCartney and John Lennon to both be fucking awesome, it's possible for Zuckerberg and Musk to both suck. And they do, they both suck. Stay off this fucking thing. That's my, you know. That's okay, I love it. But what about Jack? Jack sucks too. Jack also sucks, you know? He Jack sucks too. Sucks. Yeah. 
It's a sausage. There is, look, picture oh! billionaire. Picture oh, billionaire. I said it. What'd you say? Nothing. Okay. I'm not repeating it. All these men. Ugh. No, but there's and lots of men, people. But, uh, Every fucking one is some billionaire that's not great. Some billionaire. You know, for the most not, part. Oh, I can't. Um, yeah. Spoutable isn't. Spoutable isn't a billionaire that's not great. Boozy is fine. No, he's but not, it's. He's not a billionaire. I don't think. No, he's not. I don't. No. I don't really know. I don't know these people, but I've had enough of them. That's what I know. All right. I think our. I think you did it. Hang on. I think that was right on time there. Twenty six seconds left. Twenty six seconds left. Do I have anything else to say? No. Just Facebook is evil, and also, Facebook is aesthetically ass. It's just ass. Yeah. So at the end of the day. The, the, the platform that will prevail or won't is going to be the one where all the people that you like are and where they post the most shit. And that remains to be seen. We don't know where that's going to be. So far, I, you know, LB, you told me months ago, you want to be, it has to be a situation where I get up and I take, chick the little button on my phone and the thing just pops in and I'm, Ugh. and so far, Blue Sky has passed that test for me. Okay. I'm not endorsing it because Dorsey, Dorsey, no endorse. You know, Dorsey endorses J RFK Jr. So fuck that guy and endorsed, oh. gave money to Tulsi and I think was protecting Ann Coulter and Tommy Laurel and, you know, on purpose. Like you, you, you said anything bad about those two and he banned you right quick. Oh, and Dana. Oh, oh you were in Twitmo like that. How oh, yeah. dare you cross his yeah. people, girls that he likes? Mm -hmm. No, no, no. Mm -hmm. It's my theory. Prove me wrong. You know, well, come on, Matt Taibbi, get into the Twitter files and show us what what all this bad stuff that, that Jack Dorsey did. Speaking of ladies and um, and uh, and Florida, I believe we have a. Oh, wait, let me turn off. I got to turn off the uh, okay. turn off your ticker. I believe we have a new karaoke. Yeah. Are you going to hit it or are we going to hit it at the same time and cancel each other out? You're going to hit it. I'm, I'm, I'm off the controls. <laughs> OK, because we did that last time. We did it like three times. We're like. It was like we were playing rock, paper, scissors to hit the damn thing. Okay, here we go. Three fingers to Santis is a big fascist asshole. Spends money on lawsuits while the state is flat broke. He kidnaps some migrants. Sent them to Martha's Vineyard He vilifies teachers He says they're too woke We reject woke ideology Weirdo DeSantis Laughs like a hyena Wears heels on his floor Shimes to make him more tall the prisoners at Gitmo complained of abuses. What did he see there? He doesn't recall. Tres dedos de Santos es un grande fascista. Es un grande pandejo. And his wife is one too He won't protect trans kids And their parents and doctors Don't vote for the 
make Florida blue. Florida is where Wolf goes to die. <laughs> On fire. Shout out to Chunk and to uh, our producer there for, for making that song better. Um, yeah, that was good. I like the, the laughing hyena bits. I love the laughing hyena. And I think the more we can get the earworms going with this stuff, the better. You know, the yeah. simple songs, that and Waltine, Waltine. I think we're, we're, on, we're, in a, we're in a little lane here where hopefully people can pick up this up and carry it through these elections. We need I, it. I think that uh, I think John Denver would approve. I don't know. People don't seem to know. Do people not know that song. How can people not know that song? I know. I, I was like, you know, uh, people don't people don't know the song. I don't know. Oh, uh, the um, Molly, who who edits my my prevail pot, she didn't know the song. I'm like, uh, how can you not know the song? You're like my age. How can, how can you not know the song? So I don't right. know. People don't know the song. Very 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 surprising to me. Okay. Surprising. Moving on. Get to our guest. It's guest time. Our guest is a multifaceted talent spanning law, tech, politics, business, and media. If he was a baseball player, we would say he is a five-tool prospect. Uh, Talkers Magazine named him, again, one of the Henry heavy hundred of talk media, and he is the best entertainment attorney on earth. Ethan Behrman, welcome back. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So first off, uh, for everybody who's watching, it is um, – you have no idea how much I love uh, LB and Greg. They oh. are, I'm like huge fans. They're so brilliant, entertaining in every way. I mean, it's just, you know, I am, I'm always amazed. And you guys have no idea how much I enjoy coming on and joining you. So this is great. Thank you for having oh, me. Oh, no, no, it's our, it's our pleasure. It's our pleasure. If you go on Tucker, do you say the same thing to him? No, I'm kidding. No, I do not. Um, <laughs> and uh, by the way, you mentioned Tommy Lauren a minute ago. I have known her since she was a weekend fill-in uh, a million years ago. And I was even recently on her show to okay. share some truth with her audience. I remember this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we should, If we were better organized, we would have a clip of this. I mean... Yeah, it's right. uh, get on that. Come on, Paul, time. put on the clip. Oh, right, we don't have that. We don't have a guy. <laughs> but that song, the DeSantis song, that's brilliant. By the way, some of us really are huge John Denver fans. There we go. And, and we're smart enough to be fans, even when we were children, and remember the tragic day when his plane crashed oh, in Monterey Bay. That was yeah. rough. Yeah, that was a shocker. That one was a shocker. So anyway, yeah. I, I mean, I just, I just. So happy to see you guys. I miss you. It's so well, good. I'm so glad you're in. I'm so glad you're also we needed a five. We're both eights now. We need a five. And you're a five. And you're okay, a five. Right? five okay, great, great. I'll I'll do it in four. I'll do it in four. <laughs> okay, four. Yeah, here we go. Um, no, I mean the time zone. The time zone. Oh, oh sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can take as long as you want. You don't when you're here, you don't gotta, we don't have to worry about the time. The time is for us. This is it's, your segment. You take as much time as you yeah. want. So, okay, let's let's start with this. Yes. Now, um, last week or whatever, I've lost all track of time, by the way. I have no semblance of time at all anymore. Yes. SCOTUS came down with some decisions that um, I think were pretty awful. Uh, just kind of dumped them out there, um, you know, shat them out, as it were. Yeah. Um, looking at those decisions now, you've had a little time to think about it. Well, what is your impression now? And is there anything about any of those decisions in particular that irks you particularly? Wow, that is a big question. So first of all, it, it is critically important to note that 
our side, if I can say that, uh, we so failed for 20 years, 30 years, uh, when it comes to the Supreme Court, we weren't paying attention. We didn't make it a priority. And the Republicans were laser focused on recreating the Supreme Court in their desired image. Um, and this year's and last year's rulings from this court uh, emphasize the importance of us not to make that mistake again. I can never say never again because we're humans. Our generation will disappear at some point and future generations will forget the lessons of our generation. Um, just like we forgot lessons of prior generations. That is the scandalous, sad part of human existence. So to the point, um, the surprises were this. It, it, I don't want to even say surprise. There were no surprises. I, I didn't see a single surprise. Yeah. And it, it was absolutely as expected that things like affirmative action were tossed out. This was Justice Thomas's uh, mission from day one, as we understand it. Um, remember that Rosa Parks, in her letter to Congress, to the Senate during his confirmation hearings back in, you know, early 1990. I don't remember the year specifically anymore. It's so 91. long ago. 91. Thank you. Rosa Parks herself wrote a letter saying this guy, I'm paraphrasing, obviously, I don't have it literally in front of me. Um, and it wasn't a high school, you know, assignment there where I had to memorize it. But she said he is going to overturn affirmative action. He's bad for the black community in the United States. I'm against him becoming a Supreme Court justice. She was right. And um, we now are living in a time where we have, and, and I'm also going to correct myself in a moment, but we have three justices. Sorry, I have my oh, gay yeah, guy candle company, Elena, oh, yeah. and Sonia. <laughs> I love it. Uh, we, have, we have three justices who understand that the Constitution was not a dead document upon birth um, and that it could only be interpreted as they originally. So, so all right, I, I can talk a lot, as you guys know. So yeah, yeah. Fine. back to the point, I, I, I'm not, I don't want to focus on all the, the, the garbage that we disagree with that yeah. came out of the Supreme Court. So I'm going to make a statement that's going to shock people. Um, and that is, while I was pissed as hell at Mitch McConnell for rejecting Merrick Garland for nine months and not having a hearing, and he's a flat old liar to oh, then jam uh, Amy Coney Barrett through days before the election after Ruth Bader Ginsburg sadly passed away on her warm grave. Justice Gorsuch, I argued on the air at the time that while I disagreed with his conservative approach to um, the law and interpreting the law, I felt at the time, and I am going to make the point of why I continue this, while I can dis disagree with him on so many topics, there is an aspect of him that I recognized and appreciated at the time because it's against every other conservative I have seen in my entire lifetime. Really? And that is he, without fail, and with strong and clear conviction, on every single Supreme Court case that involves Native Americans, yes. indigenous peoples in the United yeah. States, he is maybe even stronger than the liberals in defense yeah. of Native American rights and the violation of the treaties that our country has been committing against them 
for 160 years, yeah. he is absolutely, he's as good or better than the liberals when it comes okay, to that. Well, and, that's good to know. I wasn't even aware of that. So yeah, no, he's always, I think he likes to hear himself talk about that. He feels like it makes him look good. Yeah. I mean, maybe, <laughs> but I'm going to take it, right? No, 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 I'm not. I don't, I agree with you. You're right. That's a good observation. Good. Correct. All right. So I like to focus on, you know, it's so negative. It has been so negative since, yeah. since 2015 when Trump jumped into the race. I have got to find these moments. Uh, I, I've got to find these moments when there's something to agree on. They're so rare now. It's so rare. All right. So let me ask you a question, Ethan. Yes. So in terms of us now, I hate the us and them, but the, the folks that are pro-democracy yeah. and understanding the role of the Supreme Court in that pro-democracy, small d, democratic movement that of, the, of our grand experiment. Uh, yes, since the 1980s, uh, at least, with the think tanking around the CNP and then bringing all this... That this sort of we're going to take the Republicans going, we're going to take the uh, Supreme Court eventually, and then we can reverse all progress. We're going to, you know, with abortion, uh, reproductive rights, women's body autonomy being at the core of the radicalization around getting all of the money together for that, because nothing raises money like misogyny, as it turns out, in America. Sadly. But sadly, true. So uh, how do we get that much money in? I think we could get ourselves organized, but they just had, you know, decades and decades of billions of dollars pouring in to support their uh, coup, the Supreme Court, this long, you know, it's like the long acting, uh, my dog is now on this long acting stuff for worms, right? Because we're up here with the ticks. Like, it's like a long acting uh, plot and plan that they had for actually corrupting the courts and taking it over. And it worked. They got there. I remember Mitch McConnell skipping down the hallway when he fought him, when he got his majority. Right. And he, they like, okay, he rode that beast. As I said, he jumped onto Donald Trump. He's like, okay, I'm stuck with the beast, but I'm going to get this through. And he just huh, sunk his fangs in and sucked him dry. Got, got everything he wanted. Possibly the grossest visual image I just got. From Thank you. Yeah. And that's what turned it purple. <laughs> This is my theory on that's what turned it purple. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so what? So how do we get the money? Then how do we get the money behind this? So we, it, what's really interesting whenever money comes up. Uh, so this is a Democrats actually raise nearly as much as Republicans. The okay. difference is we do it through thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of supporters, grassroots supporters. We have one or two billionaires. We do have our billionaires, by the way, um, as well, who, who give money. The difference is the Republicans do it almost exclusively through billionaires who through Citizens United, through their court, have made it so it's dark money. We have no idea how it's spent. We have no idea where it's going. So there's a potential for billions more happening that we never even see because they're able to funnel it in now legal ways that are completely hidden from view. And we have no idea who's behind it. Um, so it's not that we don't have money for races because we do. And, and open secrets and, and federal election commission reports show that Democrats really aren't that far off from Republicans. And actually right now are ahead of Republicans currently. 
but but it's the billionaire dark money that allows them to play really dirty, really secret games that are anti-democratic with the lowercase d. It's against a free and open society to allow that kind of dark money to exist and control outcomes. And um, what we have to do, and it's the most boring thing to say, and it's absolutely critical. It's twofold. One, we have got to get out the vote, meaning we have to register voters. And then we have to constantly remind them and not just remind them, get them a plan for how and when and where they are going to vote. Young people overwhelmingly vote for what we consider our side. And we need them to show up and vote. And they have a tendency to be underrepresented, although the recent elections with some of the new groups, they are starting to show up. Yeah. Two of that. It is so unsexy to focus on local elections. And it's the most powerful. We love to focus on the Trump evils and 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 what Mitch McConnell does and Peter Thiel is funding J.D. Vance and owns these three senators. You know, these are the types of arguments. The most dramatic effect on your daily life and your your actual individual life are your local and state elections. And we see out of that 2020 election how dramatic those local and state elections affect our national uh, uh, politic, body politic. The fake elector scheme, that didn't happen in Democratic states. That happened in insanely right-wing states. And uh, I just think that that's how it has to happen. If we look to money, it, we, we need, we're not going to pass a constitutional amendment anytime soon overturning Citizens United. It's just not going to happen. Um, and I, I and I feel like you said a key thing in there. I'm sorry. Do, yeah, what, I feel like you said a key thing in there um, right at the top, which is we have we get we raise about the same amount of money, but it's from it's like it's shallow and vast. Right. Many, many people giving a little amount and they have like one to ten. I'm sorry. Horror masters. Right. They just like got them on the dog. <laughs> college, right. <laughs> these are their, these are their people. And so I think it, then it doesn't matter what they're, what the folks that voted for them want. That's right. That's right. So they have a single voice in their head. Stop my taxes. Stop my taxes. Stop my transfer the wealth. Do the, so they did the greatest transfer of wealth in the history of this nation from the, the poor to the, and the middle class to the wealthy with the tax break. Right. Cause that's what. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about PPP guys, loans. Yeah. One yeah. or two guys wanted. And it was clear, and they'll just do it. They're all dogs on a chain. They'll do what the guy holding the leash says to do, and they're going to do it and get it done because they're reliant on this. There's something about that. There's something in this, just the nature of that, with how disorganized I feel. I don't think it stems in disarray. It's just like, just pick a thing and go for it, like these guys go. Like you have a Harlan Crow breathing down your neck and dangling a yacht trip in front of you. That, that go with that level of focus and commitment because it, it's it's almost like they can't they're not hearing us they're taking our money and they're not doing it we wanted right. the court expanded we wanted the court expanded unpacked one yeah unpack the court the court's been packed it's been packed unpack the court we wanted reform it, there was a demand for this Biden promised it he was going to at least get a committee and, and Buttigieg was going to run it remember this whole thing mm -hmm. and then it just sort of like okay we all got into Washington and we all got distracted 
if there was like a billion dollar, two billion dollar donors behind them that had said, this is what we want. I tell you, it would have been fucking done in 30 days, 60 days. It would have been done. Yeah. But 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 it's important to note that there there are billionaire donors talking to the DNC at the highest levels that I, as I understand it, and uh, we know for a fact like Gavin Newsom, who I absolutely support and I think will be a great president, but yeah. he got picked out of obscurity to become the mayor of San Francisco by a billionaire liberal family in San Francisco who's a power player by a local right what by a local, local. Yeah. Yes. I mean, so it's like these things happen in the Democratic Party as well. The other fundamental difference that we have is we're a big tent. So we have a lot of constituencies who are saying my issue is the most important. It must be addressed today. It could be anything from um, reparations to student loan forgiveness to uh, we need to have a, a, a better family leave act to Whatever, but we have all these constituencies. So for us to center around one topic happened in 2020, and it was to defeat Trump. So that's when we pull together, when we go, when we have our boogeyman to go after that one topic that you're talking about. Our issue is as a party to say, this is the most important thing that I want us to spend our time and energy on. It's so hard because we have a tendency to balkanize yeah. and, 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 and fight each other over what our little constituency thinks is the most important, as opposed to what we were given in 2020 was we really have a boogeyman who's trying to destroy our country and we rallied and we beat him. Barely, by the way. Barely. And, that, and that's I mean, the part that's scary. Well, no, we beat him. We beat him. But the electorate, so, uh, he, he pulled a coup. He tried to... Tried yes. To back, so, yeah. It was scary. I When he got elected in 2016, I told myself publicly, I was like, yeah, you know, we have structures in place. We have structures in place. We have systems in place. Never realizing that the Senate would become his little B word, you know, uh, yeah. and, and that they would never stand up to him. I, that was the part that, you know, our system is weak. Apparently, we need to start enshrining a lot of new laws to prevent what he tried to do. Yeah. And as long as the Republicans are what they are as of today, we're going to have a hard time. Fascist obstructionists is, is yeah, what they thank are. Thank you, Greg. Sorry. I mean, yeah. the beauty the beauty of the expand the court thing is that every it you know it's necessary for any progressive yep. legislation to push forward because they're just going to invalidate it. And if you think about Leonard Leo and all of these right wing assholes who spent thirty years getting to this point mm -hmm. with one fucking vote, we expand the court and all of that work just kiss it goodbye. Like and literally in a minute and a half, it's fucking over. It's not political. It's not even political to say unpack the court. And, and I've oh. actually been arguing this for longer than this has been a topic. And it's because we have 13 circuits now. Right. Historically, when we last expanded the court in the 1868, I think it was, it was to match the number of circuits. Right. And then for some reason, the Senate stopped doing that. And then when FDR threatened what he threatened mm -hmm. back in the 1930s, to end the Lochner era. Um, that was the last time we had a serious conversation about it. But legitimately, regardless of who's in power or who's in control of the court, it realistically is supposed to be 13 justices to match the number of circuits so there are the number of justices to represent an equal number of the circuits. And so we I can argue it from a political standpoint, but just, yeah, sorry, LB. Two, two justices per circuit and 
add an extra one in there so that yeah. it's an odd number. That's I, what I mean, the, the argument that Biden has made about why he doesn't want to do it is that, well, then when they get in charge, they'll expand it more too. Great. Great. The more justices that we have, the less easy it's going to be for billionaires to fucking corrupt them. That's you know how, you know, even, even Harlan Crow has limits on how many fucking Supreme Court justices he can take on these vacations. Right. Clarence Thomas is not a cheap date. That's what it, we've bring learned. Us, bring in the term limits. Oh. 25 years. 25 years is a long time. That's a career. I like That's 23 so because I like prime numbers. All right. 23 prime number. All right, Ethan. I want 81. Wait, I got one more question. <laughs> okay, one more question. Only Before, one. 81. Yeah. Nine times nine squared, yeah. you know? Yeah. Okay. Fuck it. Um, okay. So th this, ha this happened this week and I wanted to get your thoughts on it as it oh, yeah, intersects yeah. tech and law and, you know, other things and politics. Um, there was a judge, Terry A. Doty, who's the U.S. District Court in the Western District of Louisiana, one of my favorites, you know, um, he put a uh, preliminary injunction that apparently um, prevents the government from communicating with social media companies. Uh, per the New York Times, um, I'm just going to read this, uh, a ruling that could curtail efforts to combat false and misleading narratives about the coronavirus pandemic and other issues. Um, it was a victory for Republicans who have often accused social media sites like Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube of disproportionately taking down right-leaning content, sometimes in collaboration with government. Democrats say the platforms have failed to adequately police misinformation and hate speech, uh, leading to dangerous outcomes, including violence. Um, it's, it's ironic that this motherfucker did this like a day after the guy tried to kill Obama. But anyway, what are your thoughts on this, Ethan? Uh, so first off, it's a it's a what's called a preliminary injunction. Right. So this is a limited um, this is a limited ruling. It's not ruling on the ultimate merits of the case, although mm -hmm. it's a strong indication that this judge is going to absolutely go down that path and say, yeah, uh, the plaintiffs win. Um, look, the, the Western District of Louisiana renowned, highly conservative circuit, the fifth uh, 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 court. The Fifth Circuit is arguably the most conservative of the 13 circuits in the United States. Conservatives love bringing cases in the Fifth Circuit um, because they'll they have a tendency to get the, the ruling that they want. A preliminary injunction is intended to be an extraordinary action by a court. So PIs, preliminary injunctions, are rarely granted because the the plaintiff has to prove that there is ongoing irreparable harm oh. and they're the court is taking action making somebody in this case the government do something or not do something right it's an action um, and these are extraordinary measures that are very limited this ruling um obviously as as a practicing attorney who also practices in federal court i would uh, of course abide and and i would immediately appeal like, as I understand, um, the government has done in this case yeah, did, yeah. because it, it's too broad. His ruling, I believe, is too broad. And there were specific examples that were used of Rob Flaherty, uh, who was the for, I think he was former digital comms director for the Biden administration. Right. He did cross a line. Yeah. He did. Um, and he absolutely, uh, in my mind, as I read what he wrote, violated the First Amendment. Um, he used the government tell tech companies, Facebook, for example, in one of the messages, told them what to do and threaten them. 
right? What the f- are you doing and why isn't it done today? You can't do that. The government can never wow. do I don't care if it's a Democrat or a Republican. That is, that violates the, the First Amendment, <laughs> okay? But the problem with this judge's ruling is he lumped in everything else that was alleged by these disinformation specialists and others, uh, allegedly. Um, and he lumped it all together into this preliminary injunction. So I believe that this preliminary injunction goes way too far. If it was narrowly construed to say, you're not allowed to tell tech companies what to do, fine. Um, and if you can yeah. show coercive intent uh, or coercive, not just intent, coercive action right. by the that, government, yeah, yeah. of course that violates the First Amendment. And I don't want Republicans doing that either. Right. But just merely communicating, saying, hey, we determine this to be disinformation. This is These are the facts from the CDC. Of course they should do that. But, but this ruling goes much too far to say no communication at all. Um, and, and there, again, I want a court to rule our government cannot threaten private industries, uh, on what they can or cannot say that would be a correct court decision, but just this broad splay of 152 ruling, 152 page ruling, I think goes just too far. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. I mean, what, what they were trying, what, one of the examples in this, as I understand it, is they, you know, the tech companies, the, mo- the content moderators and the tech companies, Twitter, Facebook, et cetera, went to the CDC during the COVID thing because they weren't sure what was true and what wasn't true. Exactly. And we're asking them for guidance. And this and guy took this- the final decision themselves yeah. without the government saying, you need to do this. Right. They were Unlike asking the, other- the government for help and advice in, in something like a fucking pandemic, which is the responsible thing to do. This judge, you know, this anti-vax Fauci is an asshole judge. Uh, it, it, you know, obviously has just right wing media uh, yeah. playing on his brain twenty four seven. Has yeah. believed all the bullshit, and um, I don't know. It's it's uh, it's not great, and you know, not great. It, 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 it's worse than not great, right? It it it. it um... We've got radicalized judges who also simultaneously do not understand tech. Yeah. Well. With a Senate that's our legislators old. not yeah. understanding tech. Oh and my legislators have no God. Diane Feinstein is a senator from Silicon Valley. And I'm just leave it at that. That no more needs to be said. Ethan, I want to come back to you on this sort of uh, I'm just getting this note. So there was a Tenth Circuit Act of 1863, which was a federal statute which increased the size of the Supreme Court in the United States from nine justices to ten. We had ten and which also reorganized the circuit courts of the federal judiciary. During the Civil War, the court was increased to 10 justices to ensure a pro-union majority on the bench, the Times reported. So again, paper record, right? Mm. Um, <laughs> when Andrew Johnson, a Democrat, became president upon the assassination of Lincoln, the Republican-controlled Congress, and remember everybody, Republican, Lincoln, Party they of Lincoln, liberal was yeah, yeah, yeah. Party of Lincoln, and this guy is, you know, he thought, oh, we'll union and we'll, we'll bring everybody together and I'll have a VP that's, and he was a Confederate and he, he got, did away with all of the progress. Um, uh, he's the one who shrank it back down to seven. Right. Motherfucker. Yeah. Yep. Motherfucker. One of the great what ifs is that they were supposed to assassinate him, the Lincoln co-conspirators. Oh. And the guy that was supposed to do that got drunk in a bar and didn't go through with it. And I think wound up getting hanged anyway. So, you know, interesting. What if, you know, 
Arnold Schwarzenegger goes back in time there. Our, yeah, lots, lots of, what there. Our yeah. country does not have a great track record of fixing our wrongs. And we make fits and starts and steps forward. And then we, it's the old saying, we take three steps forward, two steps back. And the two steps back are, are beyond painful. And, re- and in this case, in the Dobbs decision, I consider it to be reprehensible. Um, the affirmative action decision, I consider slightly less reprehensible. I think that there were actually some arguments there uh, that were well played by the conservatives in that case. Doesn't mean I agree with the outcome, but the Dobbs decision was just shameful. You're just literally taking away the rights of yeah. Over 50% of, of the American population. Oh, they turned us back into chattel. Yes. And, 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 I'm and not here to make your babies. And birth control is next. That's what we said at the time. That's what a friend of mine said. It went zinging through my brain. That's the, that's the, if women could just come together with that, that's just. But every, every woman of childbearing age in this country, uh, did not have had federal rights to an abortion until right. Dobbs. That's yeah. right. Yep. You know, so that's and it's, it, it's really a right stripped away. It, yeah. it, and, and that was where it was it always argued a little bit wrong is is it's it's your body. My gosh, when does the government have a right to? Con- so uh, anyway, we can go down that path another time. I know you have other topics. Ethan? I love. What, what's I'm in a good mood tonight. You got me in a good mood. Let's not go there. <laughs> okay. Good. Good. So let's okay. ask you this. Let's ask you this. Um, <laughs> yeah. Do you want to stay with us for the next two topics? Are you are you up? I know sometimes you have to go early. Sometimes I have to go like tonight. Oh um, no! Please don't make me cry. Please don't make because you no, guys no, have to know right. how much I love you. Um, it hurts my heart that I have to go. Uh, no, seriously. I, I, again, for those who haven't seen me on this show before, I was fanboying Greg. I think before. <laughs> And LB from the moment we met and start, I mean, it's like we have a connect. I just, I, I have so much respect. I, I absolutely adore the both of you. And yeah. I'm sorry that I'm not, we're not sitting together in a room, having drinks, doing this show together. I know. We're going to have to do, have to come to I'll get to the East coast. We're going to, we're going to make you, we're going to make that happen. I think that's okay. you have but, anything to announce before you go and let everybody know, let everybody know about where to find you, what's coming up, okay. anything. So I, I'm on most of the platforms now, including threads, by the way. And threads not available in Europe. That's the other thing. Not People available in Europe. In Europe. That's okay. The yeah. Europeans find me elsewhere on like what that, but it's just at <laughs> Ethan Behrman. Uh, I, I do have a law firm, the Behrman firm here in Los Angeles. And uh, I'm in court off. <laughs> yes, uh, and, uh, but, but anyway, just Ethan Behrman and um, please follow me, stay in touch. Give me your, throw me your questions, whatever. Um, this is absolutely one of the best times in the world for me. Is oh, wonderful. And then you'll Us come well. back because we need to talk about the writer's strike and give everybody updates. I've been like, yeah. I've been crazy with the move, but it's, it's time to talk about all that again. And, me and one of my family members, we both voted to authorize SAG-AFTRA to strike Perfect. and I 100% support the writers. Yeah. We have got to fix what's going on here. So thank you, LB. You're, thank you You're welcome. We're happy to strike. Thank you. Great to, great to see you. Uh, enjoy your weekend, man. Take Thanks, care. Greg. Really appreciate Bye, it. Man. See you guys. Bye. All oh, right. Great to see him. He's great. He's, he's the great. greatest. He's great. Um, he's great. Good. Answer, answered my questions about this thing. Did you know about this thing?
No. This tech thing, I don't know. This guy, these fucking Trump judges, it's like they Ooh. shop around for judges. They find some fucking uh, mouth-breathing weirdo uh, that's on some hick bench somewhere and uh, that they control, and then they get their thing. That's what happened with Kazmarek and the, and the um, you know, the medication in the mail, the, the, the contraception yeah. in the mail. You know, this is how they do it. This is how they game the fucking system. And these are all Trump-appointed fucking morons. Aileen yep. Cannon. Every time you read one of these judges, it's always some Trump moron that uh, that these people plowed through. And you know the ultimate the ultimate role as um, you know I was talking on the podcast. I, I had Alex Aronson, who's been yeah. on this fine show. Um, he was great on my podcast. If you haven't if you haven't checked that out, please download it and listen to it. Um, he was talking about Leonard Leo and these guys. And I said, you know, they're very Machiavellian. They just, the ends justifies the means. And he said, yeah, that's right. And the, the, the ends here or the means are democracy has to go down. Mm -hmm. Something like paraphrasing, but the, those are the means. The means are we're going to ruin democracy to get what we want. That's and right. that's what the, you know, because Democracy's I've made this argument many times. Um, the only way for Leonard Leo and these right wing weirdos I like the word weirdos lately. That's just my okay. new word. I like that's, that's, they're weirdos. They um, the only way that these guys are going to get what they want is to overthrow the majority rule because the majority of Americans don't want this crazy Taliban shit. You know, we're not, as Steve B put it in the comment section, we don't want to be Catholic Iran. That's not what we want. You know, <laughs> Ooh, I like that. Isn't that good? Steve B, that's shout good. out. Steve, good shout one. out. Yeah. Right. It's not what we want. You know, we, we want, want fucking freedom. You know, who owns Leonard Leo? God owns Leonard Leo, Leonard Leo would say. Leonard okay. Leo owns Leonard Leo. Whatever yeah. Do we have more want. announcements? Oh, I almost forgot. What? Uh, wait, are there more announcements? Because I have to get this slide. No, we can do it. We can do it early. Yeah, we can do the announcement. We're doing the announcements a little early because Ethan had to go. I don't oh, I, we are doing it early. I messed up. It's okay. It's all right. Let's do it because I, I forgot. I, I don't have any. It's okay because this is a good thing. And this is a new segment we call Baller Move of the Week. Baller Move of the Week. Baller Move of the Week. I made a graphic. You like the graphic? You made a graphic. I was going to try to do a song. I didn't have time. Yeah. I had to do grocery shopping. Well, let's see. There, okay, there it is. Um, that's um, that's Rucker Park, right, in New York City, where they play basketball. Like the real oh, hardcore. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. The real hardcore players play cool, basketball. Oh, I like there. this graphic. Isn't it right, cool? We'll, I'll get some music for that. Yeah. Good. I put so much effort in it. That took me almost five minutes to do that. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, I was like, shit, we need a graphic for Baller Move of the Week. Okay, Baller Move of the Week. Um, the Baller Move of the Week goes to um, Tony Evers, governor of Wisconsin. This is from a, a story from Leah Zhao at Vox. Uh, this week, Wisconsin's Democratic governor, Tony Evers, made key changes to the state budget passed by the Republican-controlled legislature, slashing GOP tax cuts and guaranteeing election, election funding e increases for the next 402 years. Not a typo. Mm -hmm. It was a staggering maneuver that follows years of battles between Evers and GOP lawmakers, blah, blah, blah. Evers pulled these changes off by leveraging a tool known as the line item veto. Do you remember the line item veto? Because this is, I remember, I remember, I remember in 1980, in 1988, I guess, when W was running for re-election, I was participating in a debate club 
in my history class in high school. And I, I had watched the debate, not understanding it. And I just kept saying, uh, you, I need the line item veto. I just need the line item veto. Just give me the line item veto. And I had no fucking idea. I thought line item veto was like some guy my uncle Tony knew. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know. Okay. The anyway, on the line. they have the line item veto in Wisconsin, apparently, um, which allows them to veto parts of a budget bill instead of the entire measure. Wisconsin, in particular, gives governors uniquely powerful line item veto authorities for appropriations bills that allow them to target sentences, words, or in some cases, even a character or digit, according to Wisconsin's Will didn't Cushman. Like the comma where the comma was. You just move that comma. You just move it. Evers made full use of this power when changing a phrase that increased funding for the 2023 to 24 school year and the 2024 to 2025 school year. He just in there and he changed it to 2023 to 24 25 school year i love him uh, this is fantastic this is what you have been calling for so i'm glad yes. we have a right now baller move of the week you know what this is it's a, baller, it's a baller move of the week is what it is baller move of the week that's what it is yeah you wanted this you like get creative do something just try and he did it he did it. He got this he is exactly you're right. This is exactly what I want. That's you right. Know? Yeah. It's what I want. Damn it. But as long as you get what you want, because Leo's getting what he wants and Oliar needs to get what he wants too. Well, Leo, he drinks too much wine. Wine gives me I it makes me give me heartburn. I don't know how he does that. I don't know how he does either. It's probably swill. All right. Bionomics, here we go. On the clock. Let me hear All what right. you Say. Uh, the Bidenomics, I think this is an interesting thing to run on. I'm curious to see if it'll work or take because, you know, the economy is actually kicking ass. Like when you consider where we were when Biden took office, which was still in the middle of a fucking pandemic when most people, not Rupert Murdoch, but most people had not yet gotten the, the vaccine. Right. Mm -hmm. um, Biden came in, made sure that everybody who wanted a vaccine got one. Originally, it was going to be in July. He was like, fuck it. It's going to be in April. And it was. So, you know, and then did all these measures to boost the economy, get people back to work um, during the pandemic. When the gas prices were high, he released the oil reserves That's to right. make. So the price of gasoline, while still relatively high, was much lower in the United States than almost every country on fucking earth because of Biden. But, you know, people in America are too stupid to, like, read the news outside or, like, look at a graphic and understand this. But uh, he did that too. He lowered the gas prices. The gas prices now they're you know here in New York they're it's like three seventy five a gallon. I think I I filled my tank up today. That's fine. You know, I just left six dollars a gallon though. I gotta say, uh, California's got uh, it's rough there. But a lot of that is taxes from the state too, like the yeah. state's taxes. So the 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 gas is not bad. The inflation is, you know, ever remember when everyone was like, it's going to be hyperinflation. Like they even understand what the fuck that means. They don't. Um, it's going to be so bad inflation that it's going to, it didn't, it you know, did. the feds are rating the interest rates. I don't particularly like that. I would like them to come down because they need you to know, come down a little bit. They got to bring that do. down. And there's, there's they now do. talk that they're not going to, but like the inflation oh, is, know. is in check. Um, economy. It's essentially full economy. It's low single digits unemployment. Um, you know, I mean, job creation hasn't stopped either. So, no. um, and it's, it's small it's business way beyond. It's not just okay. He just put back what was before from the pandemic. No, we're way above that, even more than the job creation during the Clinton years, which was pretty high. So, yeah. yeah. And what I like about him 
is his his kind of vision for this, which I, I it's a little old fashioned, but he does want to go back to the FDR thing. Yeah. He wants to give a giant fuck you to the whole trickle down. He wants to take the Reaganomics and smash it on the ground and stomp on it until it's dust. And that's what Bidenomics really is. It's taking money away from rich people and giving it back to the middle class and some, you know, in the form of these uh, programs that help this stuff, like the broadband that's going on in these red states. Every politician in the red states voted against this shit is now like, like that Tuberville trader. Right. They're claiming like, it as well, You know, here in Alabama, we've got the broadband. It's so wonderful. Fuck you. Sit down, coach. You know? Where are all the football players who played for this guy, Bench by him. the way? Well, you know? here, here's the other thing is, uh, I think that's a key little note that you got in there about it's, we've got to <laughs> hold them. Well, that they're claiming, uh, you know, responsibility for it. The folks. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, right is that they do want to undermine that infrastructure act as much as they can while also taking credit for the stuff that everybody wants that they're sort of not going to go through so as long as i know we, it's like they're not, they're shameless we have to call them out there's they don't respond to the hypocrisy but there they're in a pickle there they're in a there they're trapped a little bit so because they're or, or a lot because they really want to claim these victories while they're also trying to sabotage them and so we have to just keep pointing out, no, you're sabotaging it. You're sabotaging it. You're sabotaging it. So, they, so that they get on the defense. I think this is one we can get people back on their heels. We can get these Republican, elected Republicans back on their heels and sort of tongue tied around. Do you want the new bridges or not? Do you want yeah. the broadband or not? You know, yeah. and just keep it, keep it there so that we can actually get all of the benefits of that infrastructure bill. I want those benefits. They need to come you know, as a citizen, not benefits yeah. as a, as a prize, but I want, you know, our, our country needs a fucking lift. We need a, like a, we really do. We need it in our airports. Mm -hmm. I just went through them. We need it in our airports, everybody. We need it in our broadband. We need all of this. We need, you know, electric vehicles. We do. Um, so let's go. I'm ready. Yeah. I, I think that that's, that's what I got. I mean, I think, you know, I think that we need to run on this stuff and it's going to be interesting yeah. to see if it works. Cause I think last week we were talking a little bit about this idea of deliverables. You know, Biden says, I'm going to do X and that's going to make your life better. Biden does X and it makes your life better. And then Tuberville's like, isn't it great that I gave you X and all the fucking racists vote for this asshole anyway. So there needs to be some kind of disconnect there and dark Brandon showed up and swatted this motherfucker down. Yeah. Um, and he needs to keep doing that. Yep, he does. And everybody needs to keep doing that, not yeah. just him. Um, every state by state, in terms of our senators, uh, district by district, in terms of the congressmen and women. Um, yeah. Yeah. And all remember, by the way, Tuberville is who like Giuliani called, right? During the insurrection. Okay. While, while the fucking place was being besieged, Giuliani's calling this asshole. Saying, well, can we, can we depend on Neil? Are you gonna are you gonna do the thing? I, I feel like he was also the one that came up with that horrible phrase, like the Green Bay sweep, or what the fuck was that that Navarro would kept talking about? It the was sports. the Green Bay sweep. I, I don't yeah. know that he that's that's pro ball, not college ball. Oh god, all right. Okay. He's not a good enough coach to survive in the NFL. Yeah, not the baller of the week. All right. No, all right, I'm all. done with this though. Let's end early and go to the next topic and let's Yeah, no, it's fine. Yeah, it's not early, it's <laughs> oh, somebody's here to say hi. Who's here to One say hi? One of our guests. 
Hi. It's Dad. Hey. <laughs> it's the Rev. It's the hey. Rev. Dad say the hi to everybody. In the United States. Oh. There you go. Hi, Rev. Uh, How are you? I'm just fine. I'm happy Good. to be alive. Yay. And I like the strong show you're doing tonight. Thank you, Dad. No, Thanks, Rev. I know, I know he likes the swearing. Thank you, honey. Yay! Surprise popping by the by my pops. Pops made a pop in. It reminded me of one of my favorite moments on this entire show when you were I forget what you were saying when he was in the background, but you, you said some curse thing that was really, was really anyway. <laughs> yeah. yeah the, just the look on his face was really it was really one for the it was one for the ages. One yeah, I think, ages. That, I think we had that in like a, a trailer at one point and then we took it out or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Right. Okay. Um, was final topic. Do we wait? Do we do all the announcements? Um, I don't know. I'll pause it. Okay. Uh, there's no after hours tonight because you're going to get tired. What's going to happen is you're Listen, used to doing this at this five. Is very different. I mean, I knew I had taken vacations and trips before and done the show on the road, but oh, I'm, 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 this is a little different. I had to try to take a nap. I couldn't do it. I got to, I got to, Get in a rhythm, and I'll be back in LA anyway. So, um, back and forth, but yeah, I, I my sympathies to my co-host. I'm acknowledging to you, like after a very long work week, and I know what you have on your plate and the responsibilities on your shoulders, Monday through Friday, and also Saturday and Sunday. But to get to Friday and for you to be as up as you are by eight o'clock, and you're on and you're coming, mad props to you. Thank I, you. It's a very different. I get it. I get it now. I mean, what is what does Bill Murray say in Lost in Translation? You know, the, the booze helps. It does. It, <laughs> the booze works. The good news is the booze works. Oh my god! I gotta tell you, I really wanted that Manhattan. This was a major blender. It was a major blender. Everybody. Mine right, is not. Mine is not cold enough. And that brings us to the. Oh, we haven't done the announcements though because we keep forgetting. Well, there's but, no after hours. No. Um, hours. There is an audio podcast of this show. That yes. we're very lazily rolling out. There's now three episodes that exist in audio format. Uh, yeah, please go if you if you're on a podcast, just click the little damn button so that we get the downloads and listen to it. Download us, download us, download You know, some people do like to listen and not watch. I understand it. I'm one of the people that prefers to listen and not watch. Uh, but you know, there it's there. We're we're trying to give the people what they want. You know. More content, people say. More Please. content. There's not enough shows on Netflix. There's not enough. There's not enough streaming options. We need more. Um, and we want to just say thank you, everybody, for joining and for watching and for uh, the stickers and the support and everything else. Uh, we appreciate you. Um, you know, it's great. We love the community here that that uh, that we've all you know uh, developed through the year year plus that we've been on the air now, and it's 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 really a a wonder and a privilege and privilege, and we appreciate it. That's it. That's my announcement. Yay! I love it. I've got okay. of what, what about Bob being? Give me, give me, give me. I need, I need. So another another movie quote. Maybe we should have gone out on that. For giving. Okay, give we'll go. We'll put a, put a pin in that. They want. Put a pin All right, in here we go. Let's talk this last topic. Too darn hot. Yeah. I can't see. It's darn. It's that's mm -hmm. it's Cole Porter, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, so uh yeah, so the fourth of July was the hottest day in the last 125,000 years of planet Earth. <laughs> and then July 5th was hotter than July 4th. 
and July 6th was hotter than July 5th. So like, um, I'm not really great at math anymore if I ever indeed was, but that it's not great when you're, ha you're hitting the, the warmest days on record every year. Like you go back and look at these places and it's like, what's the warmest time, you know, you'd pick 20 dates and, you know, 18 of them are in this century in the 21st century, you know, um, the idea that we can take all of the oil out of the ground, burn it into the atmosphere and nothing will happen is just nonsensical. Like it, it's like the idea of, you know, I know that the, uh, the tobacco industry, big tobacco spent a lot of time and energy in the fifties and sixties trying to convince everybody that smoking wasn't terrible for you, even though they knew otherwise, but like when you're taking fire and inhaling the smoke, how can you not know that that's bad for you? You might enjoy it anyway and do it anyway. Now, who doesn't love a good cigar? You know, but the idea that this is somehow, you know, salubrious is, is crazy, you know? And it's the same thing with the, with the oil stuff. Like there is no, no, what did Alito write in the Wall Street Journal? No reasonable person would think that there would be zero effect on the atmosphere. So the fact that, again, the bad guys, uh, you know, Russia, Saudi Arabia, these they're all fucking oil producing countries. They want, that's what they're there for. The Republicans in this country, oil, fossil fuels. That's how the, you know, a significant percentage of the money in Canada, all the fucking right wing weird shit that's going on in Canada right now, which we have to get somebody from Canada on the show to talk about. It's a, yeah, we got, it's, it's, it's a dire situation up there with the, the infiltration of the religious right wing whack jobs in the United States. It's, it's very bad. That's all Alberta. That's all fucking fossil fuel driven. Mm -hmm. And then you have these fucking the, the, the crypto bros, the crypto guys. And how does crypto make its money by mining, which which consumes vast amounts of energy for nothing, for like nothing. It doesn't cool your house in the wind. You know, it's just stupid. So uh, we're in this place now where things are really starting to noticeably yeah. get fucked and yeah. we really need to collectively as a as a citizenry and as a uh government and as a people and as a planet kind of you know maybe get together and stop this before the planet becomes you know uninhabitable. I, I, yeah i'm 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 in the camp of in terms of looking at it and i'm by no means an expert but i have yeah and no but and i've read enough to go okay we're going past two degrees celsius Celsius like increase, which was the threshold that the Paris Accords were trying to kind of put a stop to. It just people aren't. It's not these countries. Some countries are buying by it. Just doesn't matter. It's just too much consumption, and yeah. no one knows how to stop that. Um, so I think we're full boom. I don't think we're left a boom where we can no. put this genie back in the bottle or do something to fix it or somehow stop it. I think we have to come to terms with. Um, what it's going to be like and start planning for that and uh, and do the right of boom work we're in full boom right now this is and it's gonna the boom is gonna go on for a while and what for folks that might be new we used to do these segments we got to bring it back we should have bring brought back our left of boom it's just that comes from a saying um for out of uh i think it was out of the military for uh, where 
for specifically folks that were trying to stop a terror attack or stop a big mass death event that they got on the radar. So you're right a boom if you can still, or I'm sorry, left a boom if you can still stop it, right? Because the boom hasn't happened yet. You're you're to the left of it. And then the boom happens. That means the bomb goes off. So that's just the experience that we're all having now. It's like, we're, it's, oh my God, it's happening. It's happening. It's too hot. It's like a whatever, we missed our window to stop this. And now we're in the boom. And right a boom, if we can get into that mentality, means you have to look at how you're going to renew, restructure, rebuild, and prevent the next boom. Just But stop it from where it is. Get into reality. Stop the denial. If we're still, if we're in full boom or right a boom, and we're still behaving like left a boom, like we can somehow stop this and that, and we're not, then we're not like, building the levees the way we need to build the levees. We're not relocating human beings that are going to be right in the line of literal line of fire or of flood zones. We're not doing the things that we need to do to preserve life and to keep the, you know, with this change that we have forced on our beautiful planet to help the planet in it to the best of our ability, knowing what the changes are and where it's all, maybe we can stop it from the next level of boom. I just think we have to all get there so that we can allocate resources appropriately yeah. because that's really the only thing we can do. We can stop the behavior, but we have to allocate resources. I, I can tell you we had massive, massive, we finally had the rains in California and you're there now and the allergies are off the charts and there's weird stuff happening everywhere. But uh, the grasses are so high in the canyons, everywhere, all the, it all's back now after the four years ago, the massive fires we had. So we get, we have anywhere near a hot and dry fire season. There's so much fuel. It's, it will be unstoppable once it happens again. So, and that's just one little example, just in the one area that I happen to, to have lived. So we got to get together. I don't know what lower Manhattan's going to be like when these big storms surge and flood. And, you know, it's all we got to we got to reroute ourselves a little bit. We do. Remember the video of when the subway flooded and it was like, you know, balls deep in water. And there are people that are just right. They're just walking in there to ride the subway. They're just like, ah, fuck it. That's what lower Manhattan will be like. People will be like, fuck you. I'm riding the subway. I don't care. The rat's going to swim by. Ah. Got to get to, got to get to 28th street. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be, there'll be gondolas going down Broadway. It'll be lovely. Yeah. Um, Now, now again, this is an opportunity. If we get to write a boom thinking on it. Yeah. Think of the jobs, think of the resources, think of the, what we can create. I, this was something I was arguing years ago for the coal mining areas. It's just like, uh, make that that these are people who made it so we could have lights on as a nation. Uh, everything we have is thanks to, you know, in terms of progress, uh, technological progress, uh, everything else, our way of life, you know, the improvements to our way of life, heating, air conditioning, all of it is thanks to the folks that were in those fucking mines, right? And they put their families through that, put their bodies on the left. This was from, but it's from last century, if not even prior to that. So go in to those areas and offer the best jobs for the next generation of power and fuel. Amen. Do the training there. These are the folks that paid the price. 
give them the benefits, right? That would have gone along a really long way. And I know Biden was finally kind of looking about that and talking about that. And I have to look at whether anything has happened. But, you know, we do have a lot of big portions of our citizenry who know how to roll up their sleeves and get to this kind of work and are willing to learn what they've got to learn to get it done. Yeah. Um, and build community around it that lasts for generations. So let's maybe we can start thinking that way. We'll have to. When Bloomberg was mayor, they did studies about New York and how they could build breakers out in the sea to prevent the New York City's going to be fine. OK, but I think, you know, the best thing that we can do, like achieving some sort of energy independence and alternative energy, similar to how expanding the court would be to fuck Leonard Leo up, because it'd be like, hey, you you spent all this time and effort to get six out of nine. Now there's 21. Fuck you. Fuck you. Just be, being like, yeah, we don't need oil anymore. Then Saudi Arabia just goes away forever. They can, yeah. you know, Saudi Arabia will be a nation of golfers at that point. Russia, forget it. It's just going to be vodka and 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 dreariness and uh, depressing poetry. You know, all of the bad guys are just going to fucking go away because they get yeah. all their money from oil. So, you know, this is really... It's, it's a win-win for us. It's a win-win, but we can't, as Ethan said, we have a hard time with this kind of thing. Not very good at it. Not very good at fixing stuff from the past and not very good at like creating something new. We created something new right at the origins. Happy Independence Day, everybody. And we've been struggling ever since then to do sort of a big move. Maybe we'll have, we'll have to just keep, keep, keeping track of the baller moves of the week. And maybe there'll be one that's, that wins the century. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Remember how Elizabeth Warren was a fan of the show Ballers? Yeah. Like, wasn't that weird? I think she just liked Dwayne Johnson. Yeah. yeah so weird that, that someone would like yeah. Dwayne Johnson. So strange. It's so strange. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. I think that's all we have. Again, we want to say thank We want to say uh, a big thank you to everybody for watching. Happy uh, Independence Day, 4th of July, or if you're celebrating elsewhere, I don't know, um, the day that we, the United States, briefly diverted British forces away so that France could kick their ass for a very short period of time that ultimately led to the French Revolution and maybe Napoleon. I don't know. Is that what the American well, Revolution is? That's coming up. Yeah. So, Lovely. yeah. Right. We'll yeah. get there. I don't know. Yeah. Bastille Day. Um, all right. LB, um, Good luck with the move. It's nice to see you. It's nice to have you here in the Empire State. Thank you for welcoming me, everybody. Yeah. I'm yeah. happy to be in the Empire State. I'm loving um, it. Yeah. All right, guys. I'll see you on threads. <laughs> <laughs> the 5-8 is hosted by me, Greg Oliar, and LB, Stephanie Koff. Animation is by Chunk, at Chunkled. The music is My Spy by Howie King, the sum of all music. Please like, share, and subscribe here and on YouTube. To become a 5-8 member and support our show, go to the5-8.com. That's the F-I-V-E number 8.com. Join the party this weekend. We're your Friday night hang.